Hello. I'm good. Can... How are you? Good, thank you. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can hear you well. You me? Yes, yes, perfect. Good. How have you been? Yeah, good. Pretty cruisy. Um, yeah, not anything really new under the sun, but just uh, the usual stuff, but really good. Yeah. yeah you? So good to hear. Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. I'm living in Bright at the moment, so I've just found myself a little picnic rug and a little lake to sit by. Oh, nice. Wow, mm. yeah. I remember last time we spoke, you were... Um, you were doing, you were like a ski instructor or something, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. So I was working at the snow. Yeah. So yeah. out of the snow now in the sun? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just in like a, a country town um, for the next couple months, which is exciting. Mm. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you back on. I was thinking, yeah, we could just talk about, um, I, I don't know, I'm quite intrigued about just your experience with curiosity in terms of that as a mindset in terms of being curious about your own work in terms of just I don't know I think yeah around creativity and curiosity if that's all good with you yeah for sure yeah um uh, we can just have an open flowy conversation yeah whatever comes through comes through yeah yeah I'm really excited for that I haven't prepared anything so <laughs> let's yeah, see where no, we go that's, yeah absolutely <gasps> Um, I think that's the, the way to go. So today, yeah. I, yeah, today I have with me Sarah DeClerc. I've had her on before, but she was just too good to not have on again. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, um, it's, the last conversation was super fun, so I'm really excited where, um, where we're going to dive into today. Yeah, we, we could have spoken for hours, really. So I'm yeah. super, super pumped to have you back on. Um, and we were talking a lot about Oh, we spoke about a lot of things, but I'm really intrigued with curiosity. I think that has been uh, a big word that's coming up in a lot of my podcasts about creativity and curiosity. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your experience with curiosity. Yeah, um, just just as you were speaking, what came up for me was kind of like curiosity for me is kind of like a, a word that we can use to also explain uh, a very... Um, old Zen concept, which is beginner's mind. Mm -hmm. um, and that really speaks to how we, in each moment that we live, how we meet the moment with this sense of curiosity uh, and the sense of not knowing what we're actually uh, looking at or smelling or what we're tasting and it was through the senses, right? So what, what are we actually engaging with in each moment? And often um, the f for most of us during life, right, we, we, we get conditioned by a certain, um, whether it's our parents or schooling systems or whatever it is, any, anyone gets conditioned in a particular way. We, we can't really avoid that. Uh, but often that really curiosity, the, the part where we're really curious about the world and ourselves and everything around us and within us gets, uh, we get more familiar with it in a sense. And I feel like familiarity is where is useful in a way, right? Let, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of like, we need some form of familiarity, but often we forget about how important curiosity is as well and how that's, that beginner's mind and really not knowing what we're actually looking at. Um, how that also, for me, is a kind of like a portal into creativity. Um, when I think of creativity, I think of like, 
not knowing and pure creation coming through and not it's not even coming from the individual but it's it's how the universe and how reality works it's like how how creative is the world if you look at nature like wow mm. do you know what i mean like who came up with that <laughs> that's not some not someone thought wow i'm gonna make a tree and look like this right that's just every moment is an emerging moment of creativity and we are that as well we are as that we are we we are constantly evolving and changing and and that beginner's mind is that is the concept of meeting every moment um with a mind of not knowing with a, with a beginner's mind so not like for example i'm looking at um some trees right now in my uh, sort of backyard if you want to call it like that and it's just this sense of like hey I know that those are trees. I know that they're called, called trees and so on. But what is it actually? What am I actually looking at here? When we talk about fire, sure, it's maybe uh, CO2 combined with, um, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not good at that stuff. But, you know, like from a scientific point of view, we maybe know what it is. But still, it doesn't tell me why it is the way it is. And curiosity for me is also, also asking the question why all the time. Like, why is this? Why is that? Why is that the way it is? And when that's done in a useful way, it can actually really um, uh, help and support in a lot of creative processes where, where we're constantly seeking for that unknown element, an unknown, um, something that, that just feels, feels new and different. And that for me is when we're truly, truly curious, um, then, then that's a way of looking and being and, 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 um, seeing the world through that lens of just not even knowing what we're actually looking at like 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 i mentioned before like fire like you know what what are we actually looking at there what is that you know we call it mm. fire and we know it's this made of this and that but what is what is that and to constantly every moment in life um approach each moment with that sense of uh, not knowing that sense of beginner's mind that for me is when we when we speak about curiosity that for me is really truly what curiosity is about yeah Mm, I think that's been so beautifully captured and I think yeah it brings excitement to life like repetition and routine is what really dampens curiosity because you're just functioning on autopilot you don't care like you don't notice anything different in your environment you don't notice the subtleties because you're just on that autopilot you're just in a state of not questioning in terms of just like not thinking, not questioning, and it just becomes a bit more mundane. So I think, yeah, having curiosity really brings about wonder and it brings that kind of spark again back into life that you have as a kid. I think children mm. are a really good example to see that in life. They're just like, oh, what's this? They're learning so much and it's because they're questioning things as well. And I think we're like, oh, well, we know what a fire is. We know what a tree looks like. Like that's obvious and we don't ever delve into understanding it further. Mm. Yeah, true. And, 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 and like I said before, like, I feel like that, that, that familiarity is also necessary because can you imagine yeah. like every moment there's just this, whoa, I just actually don't know where I am right now. You know, be that'd be exhausting. Yeah. That'd be quite confusing and confusing and uh, exhausting indeed. So yeah. it's also, that's also uh, fine and necessary. It's just when, when that when i guess like it's a bit out of balance or that, that curiosity element isn't brought in uh in a healthy way in someone's day-to-day living then it becomes um yeah like you said a bit mundane a bit flat right so yeah and and, and when we talk about 
um, creativity. That for me is also the place of creativity because you can't be in a true state of curiosity and, and be thinking about what you think you're seeing. That's, that's just not really a possibility. Like I said before, if I know that that's a tree already because my mind has already labeled it as a tree, then that's not curiosity anymore. There's already an assumption being made there. This is what we call tree. This is the color. It's brown. It's green. It's whatever, right? Those are all labels. But if we mm. truly see what we're seeing without thinking what we're seeing, then that's where that really starts, that cre- creative... Um, creative flow really starts to emerge and it's it, it be, like the body starts to relax right the, the whole being or my whole being starts to relax when I put myself in a state like that and it's it's an actual more true state to what reality actually is we humans are um and this is kind of on my work for with NLP and with clients as I do uh coaching one-on-one and in group settings where where we talk about this stuff of how this is where kind of like anxiety and those things get born because we're we're not actually with reality in a moment. We're we're, mm. in, we're with our own thinking about what we think we're seeing, and uh, and it's that when that's because also when we're maybe you've experienced this um, as well, Elisa. With when you're doing your art, you're in this flow state, right? You yeah. You're kind of not really thinking. You, you you're there, but you're not really thinking about oh, what's my next. Yeah, you, you know, what is my next line? No, the hand is just moving on the page and the line comes kind of thing. It's happening in itself. You as an individual are not really doing anything for that. Mm. And I always, I, the way I see art and creativity is as a, as a uh, way that we can also see life, really. Like everything that we engage in, is, is in can be in this spontaneous, effortless kind of way of engaging where everything is just pure flow. And because of some of the, you know, requirements in society of today where we, when there might be an expectation upon ourselves that we need to be online uh, and we need to answer emails right away or answer text messages right away, those sort of things is really taking us out of that flow. And when that happens often enough, where where we not on a daily basis or on a weekly basis experiencing a uh, sort of a healthy level of flow, uh, and this can be through creativity, but also maybe like people can experience it in their work. They can experience it um, maybe in exercising. However, people experience that. But that's when that's not happening often enough. That's where anxiety starts to occur for individuals because there's just there's just the brain waves are just kind of like constantly in this fight and flight mode. And flow is 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 a lower uh, frequency in the brain wave, and it's 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 this. The mind is working less, if you want to call it like that, where, where the beingness is more there. And that's, uh, so it's, it's for our health, really. Also really mm, important. Also really conserve important. energy too. Yeah, it's really important to, um, to, 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 to be in that state um, in, on some, uh, like some days in a week or at least a few days in a week where that is experienced. And yeah, that's that's why in a lot of um, work environments, you know, like things like burnout and stress and stuff happen more because that that flow state is just not happening often enough. Maybe the change is too rapid, or there's just too much, too many different interruptions constantly coming in from emails or phones or calls, or this person is talking, whatever it is, and it's just or the TV is on, <laughs> whatever it is, right? There's there's too much stimulus coming in, and um, kind of like that's what they say about them the beautiful thing about nature, nature has the, the exact right amount of stimulus for our brains. 
Mm. So there might be some birds or there might be a leaf um, moving in the wind or whatever. So there's stimulus, right? But it's kind of like the exact right amount of stimulus. And that's what people in nature feel at home. They feel in that flow state. Um, I'm going, going, going a little bit on attention now, but yeah. No, no, keep going. I like it. I, um, I think... Like this is, yeah, this is very random, but what came to me in terms of flow state is like when you need to go to the toilet, like you can't schedule that in. I think we schedule too much of our lives and it, it makes sense why we do that in terms of being able to contact other people in terms of work, in terms of needing to get things done. But say like with going to the toilet, like you don't know when you're going to need to, you can't really schedule that in. It's just like, it's something that happens. Mm-hmm. And like when you're then relying on, I guess, external things or um, an online presence, that's really hard because it takes you away from that flow state. You might not be ready to answer that call or text that person, but you've got to because you've got that commitment because you said at this time you were going to do this or at, at that point you were going to do that. And it's really tricky to then find flow when you, when you, I guess, your work has a schedule or a lot of your presence has a schedule. Do you have any tips around finding flow within I guess, a busy life or in terms of things that just have to be done? Yeah, sure. Um, The first thing that comes up is really non-resistance towards that. So let's say there might be a a bit of a busier day at work or um, there's a little little bit more required of of you as an individual and to, to, to just not resist it because often where that flow state actually stops is when we start resisting that. So when we start, res- oh, fuck, I need to uh, be at work and I've got all these calls up or um, th- just that, that, that resistance, the body, the body is already contracting in that state. It's not an open state. So in ter- when we talk about flow, flow is an open state. The body is open and expansive and it's, um, and the mind is, and the, and the body are receptive to take things in and so on. Uh, but if we're in a contracted state because we're resisting something or we attach to a certain outcome, um, that's where we immediately block that energy off in a sense. So it's, it's, so maybe I should bring a nuance in there as well. It's not so much about um, doing many things at once because that's even possible within a flow state, really. It's more about what is someone's approach towards those things. So what is someone's... Um, if there's a lot of resistance coming up, that's that's definitely blocking that flow stage. So um, flow state. So yeah, that, that's the main thing that comes up there, really. So check the body. Check the body. Are you in a contracted state or are you in an open state? Uh, and if you're in a contracted state, there are very easy uh, breathing techniques. Just breathing in three times, long breaths in and out for three times, and 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 that already can start to. Um, regulate the nervous system in a healthy way um and it, it's to to really become familiar with yourself when are you in a contracted state and when are you more in an open state and to be able to shift shift gears really easily um that's kind of like what we what we talk about in uh, in our coaching approach as well and in our um we work with integral f- theory, so we work with levels of development and levels of ego development as well, mm-hmm. and how people move through stages from uh, really like the way we've looked at development is is kind of like from being a child to when you're like 25 or something, and then you kind of stop developing. Then you're an adult and you don't develop further. That's kind of been our um, understanding of development. But what this model shows us is that we really develop as human beings from 
the moment we're born until the moment that we die, really. And there's always possibility for change and, and, and just change in different perspectives and values and beliefs and so on. And um, moral development is also a line of intelligence that runs through that. But, but one of the things there is that as we come to till, which is a, a particular stage in, uh, in, 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 those, in those stages of consciousness, as we come to till, we're really able to be flexible. So we can actually be in, in moments of more, t- more height, heightened. Uh, there's maybe more, more of us required in terms of capacity, but we have more capacity because we're more flexible. Because at this stage, we can really easily go up and down in terms of brain waves and what is required. And we, get, we can be, like we can tune out, tune out is what some people might call it, but we can really um, downregulate ourselves really quickly. It almost happen auto- happens automatically. And at this point in time, there are about five percent of the world is actually at that stage of development so not many people actually get to experience that so what we do in coaching is kind of like what are some of the things that people are struggling with and what are some of the um stage that we can shift for them where where they get stuck in their in their energy levels and how can we have them see it in different perspectives because the moment we can start to see more inclusive perspectives and we we can take into consideration more of the whole picture of what's actually happening uh we can naturally be more flexible um which is which is kind of like that required if you want to also in today's world live a healthy life and be still very effective and productive but also have um a healthy time where we where we can have where we can just chill with a book or or I don't know, do nothing. But yeah, like, and it's really, shifting gears is really required from us in this age, like maybe 500 years ago, that was just not that necessary. And now it is. So um, our prefrontal cortex, um, a particular part in the brain is just not as much developed yet. Um, But through this process that we're taking, we can start to consciously develop that more in ourselves and start to increase our um, capacity for flexibility. And how so, yeah. would you say you could increase that flexibility? So that's the, what I said already. That's, that's really by clearing whatever. So it's, it's, it's many different things. But mm-hmm. one of the main things that comes up is it's, it's clearing certain perspectives that are not useful mm-hmm. at this point in time. So, hey, I noticed that, um, for example, someone notices that um, – Every time I talk to this person, I just feel very uh, contracted because they're my boss and I feel like I need to perform in a particular way. Well, that, that perspective in and of itself already doesn't allow someone to be flexible and in flow, right? If that's a contracted state that someone experiences because, because their boss is seen as some sort of authority figure um, that, can, that, that they need to live up certain expectations, the moment there's expectations on ourselves, we can't really be in that flow state, for example. So, and it's clearing through those perspectives. So it's clearing through certain ideas and opinions and um, yeah, really beliefs that we have in the, what we think we should be. Um, and the more we can clear that and that by, by bringing awareness to it, it naturally clears itself. So it's just becoming more and more aware of, of these different things that are playing out and then it clears itself. And then we, because it clears, it doesn't fill up the space anymore, and we naturally are able to hold uh, more complex and inclusive perspectives. Mm. So, 
so kind of like the clearing process facilitates the ability to uh, hold more complex perspectives in that sense. Yeah, and should should the big word, I should be a better friend, I should be there at work, mm. but I'm not. I should. There are things that you know that you, your brain thinks it needs to do, but your heart isn't there in it. And I think I've mm. been noticing that more. Like when I hear myself saying I should be, I was like, all right, why is it that I should be doing that? And really questioning it because it's so should that it's more of a moral thing. Oh, I, like if I was a good friend, I'd be doing that. Or if I was a good work, I'd be doing that. But it's not in tune with me yeah. looking into that. Because should is a big word that a lot of us uh, act out because they feel obliged to do it. Or they feel that's the right thing to do, but it's not by them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, beautiful. What you're speaking there is kind of like uh, what we would call the super ego. So ego, just for uh, for people that... I'm maybe not familiar with that. So when we speak, when we speak to ego, we speak to any sense of self. So any sense of identity, any sense of I'm I'm a someone in the world, and um, this 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 ego is the storyteller. So it's it tells itself stories about itself and the world, and it has certain opinions and ideas about itself and the world. And um, also a very clear, uh, easy way to explain the ego is a sense of self and a sense of others so there's there's a separation there there's a duality there so there's let's say there's someone here and there's someone over there that's that's kind of like the ego and then the super ego is sort of the the internal parent um the internal corrector and the way that shows up is should or shouldn't right like you you, like you mentioned like oh like it it's the it's it's the the superego is the one that starts to correct the ego. Oh, I'm thinking this. Oh, I really shouldn't think like that, right? Like, so it's, it's mind. Mind is looking at itself, is bending on itself, and it starts to judge that in a particular way because uh, shoot and shouldn't is, is very much attached to, um, although the, it, it's judgments, right? Like what is right and what's not right. And it's in some way it's useful, um, because it also allows us to, in society, oh, maybe I shouldn't just kill someone, right? Like that's, you know, like it, it gives us some useful guidance in that sense. But for a lot of people, it's it's overly done and it's actually just not useful. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, like that's awesome that you sort of like picked that up in yourself because that's really noticing the super ego playing out, and that's mm. that is that is for a lot of people happening very unconsciously. So um that's awesome yeah thank you no I just noticed that when I'm acting when I'm acting out using shoulds I usually burn out like if it's if my mentality is oh, I should mm. be doing this and I should be that I'm not getting joy I'm not wanting to do it and so it's just that I I feel like I should be and so I do it and when I'm yeah acting in that mentality it just yeah it's not nice it's something that it's it's people pleasing it's yeah doing things Mm. that I naturally wouldn't and yeah it's been really nice to be able to recognize that and kind of question that like I'm not a bad friend if I don't do that I'm not a bad worker if I don't do that it's actually just tapping back into myself and then yeah seeing where these morals are coming from or these like social ideas that have made me feel like I should be doing those things which has been a really interesting process Mm. yeah for sure and it's it's really um like you said like it's 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 often around certain um whether it's with certain people or in a particular context that 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 might show up more for particular people and and that can be different for different people right so some people might have that more with work related uh in a a work related context and some other people have that more in a social context but it's really often in those those 
context that we that, that we can recognize that but the um what you're speaking to there kind of also speaks to how if we do things from an effortless state right where we um um we can also call non-non-doing in a sense so we're we're doing it but we're also not doing it simultaneously we're, we're kind of like just we're just flowing with it really and it's effortless so often and it's it's it, it kind of ties in with with that shouldn't shouldn't and so on it's when we start to uh this is where expectations coming because if there are expectations of that's kind of the shoot and the shoot and right there's certain expectations either upon oneself or other people how things are supposed to go or not supposed to go but if we are free from that and we see that for what it is and we just observe that as a thing that's playing out within the ego construct but it's not us because who can if who can see it if if like who is seeing that if if there's someone see if it can be seen then what's the one that's watching that right so there's a disidentification with that part of uh, of the construct necessary and then we can just see for what it is and what 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 is available there is effortlessness just moving through life with an ease and an effortlessness really where there's no particular attachments or desires or um, no particular aversions or um, resistance towards something there's there's just a flow happening happening quite spontaneous and effortless yeah Mm, it's interesting because i've noticed that when i create my own art like if i grab my sketchbook and go to a park and do art that is completely effortless like that is a flow state that's i lose track of time and i'm just present but as soon as it becomes a commission it's usually I, i mean i do like commissions but sometimes it becomes that effortful thing of oh i need to be working on it or like very thought driven it needs to be this I want to make sure it looks good and it becomes a bit more of a chore Mm. do you have any suggestions or tips as to how you can find like find I guess find a state of effortlessness in things that you currently find effortful um well the first the first question that comes up for me like we can we can take this as a beautiful example what you just mentioned why is it all of a sudden different in the first place Mm, I guess, I guess one is what I would naturally want to do, and the other is it's been not forced upon me, but it, the idea is already realised that the finished product is already there. It's a different kind of state. Yeah. So what? I, that's that's kind of the expectation, then, right? Mm. So that was the expectation I was mentioning to, uh, before as well. If there's an expectation, but the expectation is maybe not even from the other person. That's actually yourself. Uh, but it's more fun upon yourself. So there's an, so a seemingly expectation. It's completely made up by the mind because has that person actually said it to you that they want it in a particular way, the art piece or whatever it is? Mm. Then no, it's no. All, yeah. No, right? Or like, that's my sense. What did you want to say? Did they oh, actually sorry. say it? Sorry, sorry. I misheard you there. Um, yeah, no, they haven't, they haven't said anything. Yeah, right? So it's, this is how for a lot of people right so this is how the mind just starts to play this game and it like all of a sudden there seem to be expectation but actually they're not from at least not from other people so it has to come from the mind itself and it's to see through those narratives it's to see through the stories that are happening and if you do that often enough it will just not have any power over you anymore and the effortlessness will naturally emerge it's not so much with this stuff it's not so much okay let's 
um, let's try to be effortless because the trying to be effortless is a trying and an efforting in <laughs> That's <itself>. effort. <laughs> right? It's just not a possibility from that place. It's like it's it's what Einstein uh, said in one of its quotes, the, the, the problem um, can't be solved from the level that it is created. It's, it's just not in that same space. It has to go, you have to go beyond the mind in order to start to actually um, come from that place. So it, the inquiry and the process and the clearing is in what are the perspectives that are currently governing the reality that makes it look like things are, require more effort and that's and that's the clearing and it might be different for each different situation or different scenario but at some point you will recognize some sort of a pattern like it's often not too different from each other it's like and that 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 that, that, like depends per individual but that's that's really kind of like the process that we take in coaching like what are your current perspectives that are shaping your reality in a way that you feel like you need to there there are some shoots or some shouldn'ts whatever that is for someone Mm. And now, now for you, for for you, for example, no, I actually they actually haven't requested that of me, the clients. I am totally making that up myself. So now there's freedom to just flow, because I know it's not real. Yeah, but I think also effort or like energy is a really good indicator. Like if I'm say working in an environment, say it's an office job, nine to five, and I'm feeling it's really exhausting, like it's taking my energy or it's requiring a lot of effort. That's actually a good indicator that maybe that's not the right why the right work environment and so if I find myself outside and it's just like time's flying that's a good indicator of that's where the environment yeah. is so I think that of itself is really good that's the same like we're going back to familiarity I think it's that that balance where it's a good indicator um, of having something or else it's just energy on the brain in terms of familiarity I know I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here but in terms mm-hmm. of familiarity like our brain tries to use as little energy as possible and so it's really important that we don't expend too much but when you're trying to use as little energy as possible that's when you fall into routine repetition and um, familiarity because it's it helps the brain not have to use so much energy it all it all comes down and is playing a role within energy sure and it's also if you like if you take yourself to be um, the brain then all the energy needs to come from the brain. But this is kind of like if we go beyond mind and beyond the brain and just the infinite energy in the universe and there's not, no, never a lack of energy. Mm. So true. If we take ourselves to be bound by time and space, yeah, sure, then we might run out of energy relatively quickly. But if we, if we identify with something bigger, I call it bigger, it's not really bigger, but with something... <laughs> that's not uh, not our physical finite self then you know there's just infinite energy Mm. and 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 to what you earlier said around the environment to a degree that's true right if it feels really out of alignment in a particular environment and then 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 maybe there's that's where the efforting comes in um more efforting comes in but if my response to that also would be an environment actually can't really make us feel anything like we are totally responsible for our internal reality so if it feels in a particular environment there's more effort being made it's probably our perspective of what we think the environment is doing to us doing to us like that in of itself is very um as if anything outside of us can do anything to us yeah 
right? It's not actually the environment. It's our perspective of what, of what we think about the environment. It's a good point. The environment actually can't do anything to you. No, it can't. So it, it, it's all, and really what, like, what comes forward in this sort of dialogue now uh, is kind of how we are constantly creating, this is the ego, right? This is, it, it's, the, it's a storyteller. It's constantly creating narratives and story about, stories about what we think we see in the environment. But it's actually, like, we, m- most people are not actually with reality. Most people are, are in their own ideas about reality. Because there is, there is no meaning. There's no meaning in reality. There's no meaning in reality. Reality is what it is. Mm. We have certain labels and ideas and opinions about it. But it's not actually, that's in our mind. It's not actually in reality. That's our mind. Whoa. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. And yeah. it's interesting just how your mind then creates your reality in terms of if you have these certain beliefs, how it then acts out. In your reality and how your mind plays such a big part because reality as you were saying is what it is but it's within all those beliefs perspectives ideas that then form the reality that we see or that we think we see exactly yeah and that then forms our experience of those of of our lives right if if we have certain useful perspectives it's different than if we have unresourceful perspective it's still the same shit though it's still per- perspectives so as like what we come to when we say um, to really go, going beyond the mind, it's this is not this is not within mind. What I'm talking about, this is not possible for someone to understand this. This is a direct experience. Experience, kind of like a shitty word, but it's a direct being with reality as reality, and that happens through a clearing process because most of us are conditioned, and because most of us have opinions and ideas about what we think we see in reality. And in order to be really with and as reality, we have to clear whatever is in the way of us actually um, being as that and living, living as that mm. and moving as that. So even like when we, when we, to, 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 to put some different names to it that might, might be supportive in that, it's like when we look at the world around us, we can see forms. They're forms. That's mm-hmm. true, right? They're forms. But it's we we choose to call that that particular form a tree, or we choose to call that particular form a human being. No, it's just a form. But we've put that label onto it. But it's yeah. interesting because la- labels aren't useless. They're not mundane. Like they do serve a purpose in our world in the sense that it's again coming down to that energy reducing rather than looking at every single thing individually. You can have those labels or groups, or it helps the mind deal with a construct that's so big but yeah labels and labeling can be such a harmful harmful thing as well in well, terms so it take it removes you away from reality because then you're putting a thought or an idea or something with bigger meaning onto something that doesn't have anything exactly yeah and and like you said it, it's 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 not to dismiss labels altogether like even the way that we're having a conversation right now that's all made up of words Mm. these words that are being shared are all labels in a sense so we can't we can't actually speak to what is true it's just not we're not as humans we're not possible to capture that in words really we can only really point to it in certain ways but um and and what you're speaking to is kind of like it's kind of like including them both so seeing the usefulness of it but also seeing the limitations 
and and both are true right there's definitely usefulness and labels and symbols and so on um we 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 kind of at this point in time at least we have needed that so far to have a health to have a healthy depending on what what healthy looks like for people but to have a society that's somewhat functioning right um my personal perspective is that we're going into a future where that's not going to become necessary anymore yeah do you mind telling me a bit more because i i personally feel like we need a bit of everything and then balance within that like we can't go without phones because it has that purpose we can't go without like labels because they you know energy um reducing like we need that to then survive can you tell me like what i don't know what comes to mind in terms of not being having like not needing these labels or these kind of constructs yeah so it 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 really goes beyond even our our lives here on this planet as as Mm. to be considered as to be true so you 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 already mentioned it beautifully to survive well maybe maybe like if we truly identify with what we truly are it's not bound by this physical body it's not bound by time and space and it's not bound by causality meaning time is linear as a particular way of perceiving reality um which means we don't need those those same methods to communicate with each other we can communicate we can communicate communicate more in a causal space is what we would say it and it's just it's beyond this gross reality that we're seeing it's just not that might take a few years that like my sense is we would take at least 500 years before we actually get there but it is happening as an evolutionary process more and more people are starting to to wake up to this reality and starting to wake up to this dimension in a world that for some people it might sound very woo-woo, but there's nothing woo-woo about it. It's just evolution that's playing out. And it's, it's my sense is that we're going to go there. If, we, if we're going to uh, survive long enough on the planet, uh, because we need mm-hmm. a little bit of time to actually, actually get there in that sense. Um, but it's, but it's, it's already happening for us. So for example, if you think, right, if you think of, you go to bed in the evening and for everyone that's listening, you go to bed in the evening and you go to sleep. You're not aware of your physical body. But are you still there? Mm. Yeah. Right? You're still there. That's why mm. some people wake up and they say, oh, I've had a really good night's sleep. Well, how do you know? Because you were still there. But you didn't know you were there. <laughs> Well, that's, that memory only uh, memory only exists in the mind. That's what I mean. We're going beyond the mind. Mm, that's so, really cool. And I think even just looking into sleep, like that, you're when you're not conscious, that like where do you draw the line between reality and this realm? When you're yeah, you're here, but you're unconscious, and your body's still working, but you don't associate with it, and you don't respond, but you've got another reality in your mind. Like that's sleep. And that state of being is a, a really fascinating thing. Yeah, it, and and that's where, um, like, when we're in deep sleep, so when we kind of like, we don't remember anything about it, so we're not even dreaming, right? We're like in deep sleep, like we're kind of like as if it's black, kind of. That's what, how people might describe it, and that's that causal reality. And we're there, but we're still there, right? We are mm. still there, meaning what we truly are is is more what is more true is to identify with that than to identify with elisa or sarah or kim or dan or whoever mm-hmm. we, just any person really person the personal is 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 not there because it's not personal 
because it's beyond personal and this is and this is um it's it's kind of funny like tying back into with memory what i spoke about before we're how often are we and this is if you're listening to this as well how often are you in the present moment truly not very right <laughs> truly here right not now very and why not caught up in your mind i guess in another in your own headspace right so we yeah so we and the, the content of that headspace is, is either based on the future so we're mm. thinking about future scenarios or we're thinking about past events and scenarios we're constantly in the in the past and in the future most people yeah not yeah. actually present here right now and if we talk about curiosity we like we're kind of coming back to what what we started off as well it's it's this true trueness of being in the moment like just fully being here right now without bringing past memories into the present moment or projecting any past memories into the future that's all made up if mm. if we would ask you your body is never in the, in tomorrow or in yesterday right your body is here right now your body is not in tomorrow no just and your if mind. we can if we can bring our minds in alignment with that with the body we're just here we're just yeah here right now yeah and i think curiosity really plays a big part in that as well in terms of just being curious about this kind of reality in about this whole awakening spirituality different ways of thinking like that in itself requires curiosity and i think when you have that curious mind mm -hmm. you begin to to question a lot of people don't question their own perceptions expectations and all those things and i think being curious is what sparks that kind of internal questioning and that realizations that come so i think curiosity is is key within the creative field within art but just life and finding kind of that ease that flow that's all through curiosity i think curiosity is a, a fundamental part in all aspects absolutely absolutely i um I couldn't agree more with that. It's so true. And it's, it's really a, uh, uh, it's almost like a, a portal for deeper understandings, for more creativity and so on. And if you look at children, children are actually naturally just curious, right? Like, children, what is that? What is that, like, butterfly or whatever they're pointing at? And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's a butterfly. But for them, it's like, wow, what am I even looking at here, right? So children have that curiosity very naturally, but then... For, for some reason, most people along their lives, as, 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 we, as most of us grow up through life, it's just this, that gets just numbed down a little bit. And it, that, that actual genuinely, genuine curiosity and, and, and uh, being with reality is just, it, it just fades away. And that's, and that's um, how can we, you know, how can we bring that back? And maybe um, that's for me has been, art has been a process in that as well. It's all process, right? So it, Art has been a process for me to cultivate that more in myself again of like this true curiosity with um, what are some of the forms and the things that I'm looking at and um, and then to bring that into day-to-day -day living. And, I, I, and people do that through different ways. Artistry has been a way that's been really working for me in that sense, yeah. Mm, I think it's a question to leave everyone with is, yeah, how can you bring more curiosity into your life? Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, I really, really, I think that was a really strong point that we kind of looked at in terms of curiosity. And um, yeah, absolutely 
thrilled to see that conversation even go back full circle in terms of us start with curiosity, start exploring these ideas and then come back to that as being a fundamental because it really is something that brings so much joy and so much wonder into your life in, in all areas. And I can't thank you enough for the conversation that we've had. It's been really, really insightful. Thank you. Um, it's always a, it's so fun to talk to you. W- one thing that I would love to add for um, people that are listening is mm. kind of like this quote, and it really um, stood out for me. And it's, it, it is this, it's very simple, but it's quite profound uh, if you sit with it a little bit. And that is, once you learn what you see, you'll never see again. Oh, yes. I love that. It really, like for me, that is just what we talked about today in terms of curiosity, beginner's mind, flow, all of that packaged into sort of um, this one, one little sentence there. So yeah, beautiful little quote there. I really, really love that. Wow. <laughs> actually, I actually don't know from who it is, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's really beautiful. What a, what a lovely quote to finish on. Thank you so much for coming on again today, Sarah. Thank you too. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, looking forward to your next conversation. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. That was awesome. That was yeah. I think just having that starting point of curiosity is really yeah. It was really nice to have that. I really wanted to unpack that. Seeing that's kind of what my podcast is about, and I think we we really delved into that. So yeah, it was really cool. I really like um, your approach, which is like kind of like cool you've got one word curiosity let's explore that and just going for it that's really awesome because that's where the best things comes out hey yeah and i could never yeah. have planned that so thank you again um thank you too it was really awesome yeah we'll, we'll keep in contact yeah for sure when do you think just for me to when do you think this one will come out more or less um probably in a week or even less than so maybe five five days oh okay yeah yeah cool we will share it um yeah, we've got a little marketing calendar and so on. So we'll see. I can see where we can like put it in somewhere that it also aligns with some other stuff that yeah. we're we're doing, and then uh, we can promote that with our community as well, which is going to be cool. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for that. Enjoy thank the rest you of your afternoon. You too. Thanks. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.